Blog Talk Radio. Welcome, Truth Seekers. You're listening to A Measure of Truth on blogtalkradio.com, and I'm your host, Michael Fordham. Look, if you just click the link on my webpage, or you're listening on iTunes, blogtalkradio.com, or even the Blog Talk Radio player on my Facebook page, and you want to call in live, look, we'd love to talk with you. So give us a call. The number is 347-326-9470. And don't forget, every show is a free download on iTunes or from my Blog Talk Radio page. Or if you like, you can Twitter me your questions and comments at twitter.com slash a measure of truth. Also, if you haven't yet, why don't you look me up on Facebook or Google Plus? I'm the Michael Fordham with a photo of me in studio, and you can always email me your questions and comments at a measure of truth at gmail.com. Look, we've got a great show for you today. Marriage Nectar is a nonprofit marriage education and relationship development organization. Their mission is to strengthen marriages, build families, and impact communities. It's an undertaking that they are passionate about because of the overriding need to exterminate the prevalent poverty, primarily due to the lack of marriages, that is, destroying the African American community nationwide. In an authentic marriage filled with love and honor forever, just isn't long enough. Reggie Williams, welcome to A Measure of Truth. 
I am glad to be here. Thank you for having me. Well, thank you. You know, um, <laughs> this was an unplanned event, but um, you spoke at Mount Zion Baptist Church, and you really let the place on fire. Speaking about marriages and a little bit about your ministry, as well as some of the work that you're doing in the community as well through your website and your blog. Wow. Tell us a little bit about that. Well, you know, my wife, uh, I started out in Mount Zion as uh, the men's ministry director, so I had been working with men, and somehow, subsequently, my wife had been working uh, not in an official ministerial uh, capacity, but, you know, uh, people were coming to her, and they were asking about how they can do things to, to improve their marriage, their husband didn't do this, or, you know, whatever it was. And uh, she would discuss it with them, and then we would have a discussion. And subsequently, this thing kind of blew up. You know, at Mount Zion, we started doing uh, marriage communication classes and things of that nature. And then, you know, uh, we would have people from different churches at some of those classes, and then they would have us come to their churches. And, you know, this was really a Damascus Road experience for us because it wasn't something that we sat down and said, well, this is what we should do, and this is how we should do it. It just kind of came together under God's plan, and we're just trying to be obedient to what he's called us to do. That's a phenomenal story in itself, and um, you know it's amazing how sometimes when you when you really just think about serving others and serving God, how things sort of fall into place for you, mm-hmm. and things build on their own, and they they gain a momentum that you just you, you know you didn't work for or even you know focus on, but it's just something that happens naturally, organically, just because of the message and the the good work that you're doing. Um, one of the interesting things that um, I wanted you to touch on is uh, you told an amazing story about um, uh, another of our guests that we've had in the past, Lamar Tyler, who um, does amazing documentaries on marriage. And you were asked by him to actually participate. Well, not actually asked by him, but you were asked to participate in um, his next film, which was You Save Me. Tell us a little bit about that story. Yeah, man. My wife called me and said, hey, look, this guy Lamar Tyler had called and wanted us to be in the film and, you know, gave me the phone number and I called the guy up and he started talking about, yeah, this is my, you know, my film and it's called You Save Me and it's talking about how marriage saves people. And, you know, I, I don't I, I don't want to believe that I was being prideful, man, but my thing was, save me? You know, marriage didn't save me. You know, I wasn't some destitute dude, man. I you know, I was doing all right when my wife met me. So why would I get up and tell the world that that, you know, marriage saved me? But again, you know, when you when you're trying to move in the spirit of the Lord and when you allow him to come into your life, man, and listen to his word, he was like, Yo, dude, yeah, no, marriage did save you. And so, uh, you know, I sat down and I began to tell a story, uh, that basically my wife saved me from me. Because the thing was, you know, I thought that, you know, I had it going on. You know, I've done this and I've done that and I have this and I have that. But, you know, uh, I, I, was a, I was a single father. I had, you know, had two children out of wedlock, but I raised my children with the help of my mother. And, uh, you know, I, I was I owned my own business. So I was kind of in a position where I could tell everybody what to do. So, you know, <laughs> marriage didn't save me. But now I have this woman who is as smart as I am, 
as intelligent as I am, you know, earns as much money, if not more than I do. Now I can't tell her what to do. So I have to figure out how to negotiate this thing with this woman. And so what she did was she brought a sense of humility to me that I hadn't had before. And that's a saving grace, man, because, you know, pride comes before the fall. So, mm-hmm. again, I, I, being with my wife, being committed to my wife, I realized that my power and my purpose was basically through my wife. Mm. And and tell us again about the event that helped you to come to the decision, which you said that you were in a situation where you were actually going to a, attend an event with your wife, but you really didn't want to go. Yeah, I, I my wife is a poet, and uh, and she was headlining this event on this particular night. We were hanging out in Adams Morgan and uh, had a really nice day, and she kind of hit me. And for me, poetry is like, I love poetry. I just hate going to poetry events. Because, you know, you never get those dynamic poets, man. They kind of have the same poems and they talk about the same stuff. So I really didn't want to go. And I was kind of contemplating, how am I going to tell her I don't want to go? In the meantime, uh, I had gotten sick. I started to feel ill and uh, I and also began to feel guilty because I thought that she would think that I was faking illness to <laughs> to get out of going to the poetry event. But uh, she went on to the poetry event, and I went on to sleep and uh, woke up later on and felt increasingly worse. I mean, I really felt like I was dying. And I called my wife, and uh, she answered the phone, and she was just about to go on the stage. And remember, I said, she's the headliner. And uh, I said, baby, you got to come home now. And, you know, my wife does nothing quickly, but she quickly came home, rushed me to the hospital. I ended up having vertigo. And for the next two or three weeks, man, I couldn't do anything for myself. I mean, absolutely nothing. But my wife was there to do everything for me. And that was just an example how, through God, my wife saved me. And it let me know that, you know, there's the, the decision that I've made that is far beyond anything I've ever done was to marry that particular woman. Right, right. And it was really, really just encouraging to see the love that you guys have towards one another when you when you see you guys together. I mean, you know, what what you spoke about, you know, was really a dissertation and it was very passionate, very well done. But when we actually saw Peachy come up on the stage with you. That's when we really knew everything you said was the honest-to-God truth. And, you know, it, it put the um, the explanation point on in everything you said. And, um, yeah, and, and she's had so many great things to say about you. And um, we could tell how much you guys love one another and respect one another. And, and tell us just because, it's you know, it's Valentine's Day coming up. People are, you know, faking the funk through the situations that they're in now. They're going to go through the motions for Valentine's Day. But get people some of the, the, the key things you think that are wrong with relationships and some of the ways you think that by looking at them differently, we can help to grow um, a broken marriage into something that will flourish. If you... If you go to, uh, I, I've got to go biblical now. If you go mm-hmm. to, you go to Genesis two twenty five. It says, "And they were naked and not ashamed." Mm-hmm. You know, and in that space where you talk about naked, you know, you some people might think of a body being naked, but actually, it's your soul being revealed. That there's not. I, I'm here. I am. You know, here, 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 here. I am, and all in who I am. And when you're naked and not ashamed, then you can have the marriage that or the relationship that you're trying to have. 
uh, Adam and Eve got into an issue when they began to cover up. And so oftentimes we come into relationships and we have swept things under the rug. You know, one of the things I deal with, because in addition to doing the marriage thing, I do a lot of counseling with, with men and, and PC with women. We find a lot of women who who have at some point early in their life they have dealt with, uh, they have been victims of incest or things of that nature, and they've tried mm-hmm. to compre- or, or depress that thing or compress it. You know, mm-hmm. and so what happens now? You, you know, they've they've kind of swept it under the rug and haven't talked with, uh, about it, haven't dealt with it, and now you married this man and he has no idea what's going on. And so, you know, oftentimes when she's upset, he has no idea that it has something to do with what happened 20 years ago. Or you have that young man who's angry because he doesn't know who his father is. You know, and 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 so and so people need to be. They just have to be honest, man. They have to put their stuff on the table. Man, and they have to understand that you know the thing I mentioned yesterday. What you can do together is far better than what you can do by yourself. But in order mm-hmm. to be in a healthy relationship, you've got to be very mature about who you are and who your relationship is. And oftentimes, we find people are not that. Right, right, and we do find that pride and arrogance and um, us having set standards and preconceived mm-hmm. notions about what our relationship should be like instead of actually paying the close attention to the relationship that is building and growing and developing. And, and tell us how it's important that we see things for what they are. Man, let, let me tell you something, man. You know, people say, a lot of times you hear somebody say, man, it is what it is. Mm-hmm. I say that myself sometimes, but no, a lot of times it is what you make it, you know. Absolutely. <laughs> it really is what you make it. And, you know, sometimes people have they, they, they've put their priorities in, in wrong places. Like, you know, uh, for instance, you'll hear people say, you know, uh, I can't date this particular person. I can't get with this particular person because they haven't achieved what I've achieved. And you've got to understand at the end of the day, especially when we're talking about marriage, man, you know, I, I have I have a degree. I'm a few credits shy of having a master's degree. But when I come home, that matters not. I don't, you know, or, you know, when I was when I was employed, I was employed in high ranking positions. I can't come home and be the boss to my wife, you know, so I have to have a certain humility. I have to be able to understand the subtle nuances of who she is and and, and pay attention to those very things. I have to, you know, the Bible talks about, again, it goes biblical where it talks about Joseph not knowing uh, a Mary. You have got to know your mate, and that means, mm-hmm. you know, what it is that makes them get up in the morning. And, and you know, my wife has, and, and she doesn't mind me saying this, my wife has ADD. So that causes, that potentially causes some problems, but because I know she has it and because I've taken time to study to see how to deal with mm-hmm. it so mm-hmm. that I can know her, then those things are not as problemsome as they could be. Right, right. And and that's a very good point because that is a misconception. That can lead a person to think that someone is responding to them as opposed to being themselves and, mm-hmm. you know, having a, a, a different reaction to things that you may assume that should go one way and they go another. And, right. and it does take you a while to figure that out. And I think that that's in something that happens in all relationships. We all have something that's different about us. It doesn't make us any more or any less, but mm-hmm. it's our reaction to that thing that builds and bonds the relationship. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. We, we we always talk about, you know, a lot of people, we're in workshops and things of that nature, and they kind of come to us, and they kind of come to us as if, we have this perfection going on, but we often say 
we don't we don't we don't educate from the pedal of perfection because we're far from perfected. Perfected. What we do is we teach from our brokenness, and, mm-hmm. and, and it's in that transparency that people see who we are and they see how to deal with certain issues, man. And so, and that's because we we accept each other for who they are. Again, with my wife and having ADD, it's hard for her to go to bed. So my wife may not get in the bed until five o'clock in the morning. That was an issue for me for a minute until mm-hmm. I began to understand that that's you know that's one of the effects of what she has. And I've spoken to a lot of people with that disease. I mean, I can't go to sleep at night. So if she can't go to sleep at night, why would I be upset about that? Right. I would have to mature. What I need to do is mature and say, that's my wife. And that, and she, and for whatever reasons, her mind works in a way that it doesn't allow her to go to bed at a reasonable time like I do. So don't be upset because she's not in the bed with you, you know, at 2 o'clock in the morning. So I, those things don't bother me. Now, these are a lot of things that do happen in those first one and two years of marriage where the relationship is tested the most, I think. Mm-hmm. I think that um, during that time period, um, I know with my wife and I, we did the most growing, you know, mm-hmm. um, because there were certain things that after a while you just realize that this is the way it is and it becomes the new norm. As long as you stay in love, you right. know, it, it's easy to get past. But if you fold your arms and, you know, draw a line in the sand, um, that can be the end right there. That could just be one brick from the wall starting from that point forward. Right, you know, I, I, I'm still questioning, and, and and you know, I know it's Hollywood. It could be a whole lot of things, but I'm still trying to figure out how someone can say after 72 days you have irreconcilable differences. I, I don't mm-hmm. understand that. Mm-hmm. I remember when when Peachy and I got married. You know, it was things like, well, I don't fold the towels that way. You know, <laughs> right? <laughs> you know, or you know, I think that she look. I, I tell this is a funny story. It took us five years to buy a living room furniture because we were just so different in terms of what we wanted. You know, oh, wow. but 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 the thing is, if, if you think of a weightlifter, mm-hmm. a weightlifter that can get strong won't get strong on the first and second rep when he can mm-hmm. lift it. He mm-hmm. gets strong. His strength comes in the ninth and tenth rep when he can't lift it. But it's because he stays persistent with it. That's where the strength comes. And so, mm-hmm. for a lot of people, they you know when they take the vows for better or worse or in sickness and health, all they hear is for better and in health. They don't mm-hmm. see. They don't hear for worse and in sickness, and so mm-hmm. subsequently, when worse comes, because it is coming, yeah. and when sickness comes, it is coming. There may not be physical sickness. You may be, you know, today you're really making me sick. You know, for a lot of people, when it comes, they have no idea how to deal with it. So when it comes, the quickest thing to do is either fight or flight. Right. Mm. Yeah, and. Um... The tenacity of some people, especially people who are very um, accomplished, mm-hmm. is sometimes misused in these fights and in this stubbornness. And um, I think it, you have to really learn because you realize, you know, this day can be a day that we talk to one another and share our love and affection, or we can, you know, be on opposite sides of the room, you know, angry, cutting angry. our eyes at one another. You know, and that's the day for both of you guys, regardless. But you have a choice in the matter, you know. So eventually these things become unimportant and cherishing the moment, you know, becomes something that is a habit and it's something that is cherished and you have an appetite for that. And those are the things that turn it around and grow those relationships. And um, 
you know, I I had a very complex relationship because my wife is not from this country. Mm-hmm. So because of that, there were a lot of differences in culture and food and but there were so many things that we were on the same page about that in the first few years we we really just stayed on those things for the most part. And after a while we really had to weigh some of those things that we had argued about before and we just let them go because right. they really weren't that important. Because when you walk up to the point where you know that you're going to have this disagreement and then you know what the days and the weeks are after that and how they are, you don't want to go anywhere near that. And, <laughs> and that's what you really have to really learn through the process is that you are in control. But this is the thing. A marriage is all about, I think, two people focusing on a a relationship or a life together and being committed to that life. The marriage is a life in itself. It's almost like a child. And as soon as anyone walks away from that, it can no longer be what it was before, and it starts to become something else. And and it takes care to be able to, to hold that thing strong. And, you know, and when you see that, like when I saw with you and Peachy, you know, it's something that makes a black man just puff up his chest and say, yeah, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> you know, this is one of the things. Now, I'm serious because, you know, I, I'm just like that. I'm a, I'm a guy who's extremely analytical and I, I see so many things. I'm, I mean, I'm sure every black man that I see on the street, a young black man, when I see him with his child, I have to say hello to that guy. I have to let him know, man, wow. what's up? Wow. You know, I see, I see you, man. Look at. All right, man, you're with your, your kids and you're doing your thing, man, you know? And and I feel good about that because I want to I want to recognize and help him to understand that, you know, I know that you're – it's hard for you to do what you do. That's right. That's right. You know? But that's what's important. And I want him to know that someone that looks like me appreciates him being who he is right now. And I think that's important, too. We just really have to, you know – Anybody could see a young man and assume he's not married and with those two kids and and say, you know, look down on him like, you know, he's just another, um, you know, unmarried father with, you know, having kids or whatever. But that's not what the case is. You know, we got to we got to look at people for what they're attempting to do with whatever their mistakes may be in life. Exactly. And we definitely have to, um, you know, stand behind them and show them support in whatever way we can. I want you to tell us a little bit about your involvement in the um, actual documentary, and, and we want to talk a little bit about your ministry some more as well. And um, what, with that participation in the documentary, um, what was the fallout from that? How did that um, impact you and your relationship with Tyler, and what did you see come out of that? Well, Lamar and I have become the best of friends as a result of, of that film. Uh, we have done a number of things together. We've been in some different states, and we've done some stuff together. As a matter of fact, he's going to be here in March to, oh, he has another one that he's releasing. I'm sorry, I don't know what the name of it, but our, our friendship with, with, you know, he with I and, and, and us with her, he and Ronnie have been phenomenal. I also appeared in a, another film that he uh, produced, um, Men Ain't Boys. So, uh, right. you know, he has, he has done a great deal of work uh, for us in terms of allowing us to be in these films. We have actually been in places, not just here in Maryland, but in other states. People have walked up to us, hey, how you doing, Peachy and Reggie? And, you know, because we're not stars, we're trying to figure out, well, where do they know us from? 
and never thinking about somebody saw us on, on these documentaries, man. And this is what it has done. Um, it has given us an avenue. You know, if you take a rapper, a guy who can rap but has no record deal, he doesn't have the same level of respect as a guy who can rap and he has a deal. So mm-hmm. it's almost like us being in a film gave us a deal. You know, it's like we had a right. deal. So it's like all of a sudden, it's not that our voice wasn't heard before because we were heard before, and that's how we were chosen to be in the film. But that, you know, just being in that film, it's like it, it, it just has taken us another level. And as I say, you know, hearing the words, the glowing words that my wife had said about me uh, in the film, uh, it, it was touching to, to, to hear the stories of the other seven couples in the film. You know, it's it's like it was just so it was contagious, man. And I, I just appreciate Lamar, man, for even thinking enough of us that mm-hmm. he would even have us in the film. So, I, you know, my my hat is always off to him. Anytime he calls me, man, he has me because yeah. I, I just can't appreciate enough. What you know, thank him enough for what he's done. Yeah, and the, the, his first um, film, Happily Ever After, a positive image of black marriage. I had him on the show, and we talked about that. And just the title itself pretty much told you um, everything you needed to know about the film. Enough to get you hooked. But mm-hmm. to also the, dispel the myth that there aren't strong black marriages out there. I think that one of the, the primary reasons why... Um, Barack Obama was um, such a, a hard candidate to beat in uh, 2008 is because of his relationship with his family. He's mm-hmm. a guy who um, has only been married once. Um, That's right. No drama. He's got two kids. He's a, he's a family man. And, you know, there was so little scandal. They had to make stuff up. They had to That's come right. up with a birth certificate and some other crazy stuff. They couldn't even come up with real issues to try to go up against him about and questions to have him answered. They could only make up stuff. That's right. And, and I think for the most part, people saw that. And of course, you know, Oprah Winfrey, you know, did the right thing too <laughs> by him by circumventing all the other negative media that was planted out there ready to pounce. But of course, when they saw, you know, what she did with um, introducing him to the America and to um, masses of people, they could only follow suit. So, you know, it's it's interesting you should talk about now that you guys have this uh, momentum now from, you know, there's a positive spin to media as well. And uh, I'm sure that this is going to work well for you guys because not only are you doing um, God's will and purpose for you guys, because you can tell when you're on track, you know, these these things happen for you. He puts you in the right place at the right time with the right message and the right motive to do his work. So, you know, I commend you as well, Reggie. I mean, thank you. I, I can't even begin to tell you how impressed I was with um, your speaking at the church. And, um, you know, and when you told me that you were available today, I said to myself, wow, this is just too awesome for words. I just can't believe <laughs> it. Yeah. 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 Again, if I if I can just say, and, and even Lamar and his story, you know, he's been married, I guess, I think probably about eight years now. But, mm-hmm. you know, this guy worked at Fox News here in, in, in the D.C. area, man, and he buys a camera from from Jenks Morton, man. And, and mm-hmm. now he has these films out. He has Black and Married with Kids, man. He's been featured as one of the top 30 couples in America with uh, President Michelle, uh, uh, Barack Obama and Michelle Obama. I mm-hmm. mean, this being a remember yesterday, I said, you know, you got to know who you're con- connected to, and yeah. being connected to that guy, man, is just, it's, 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 it's I, I, like I said, I can't even explain it, man. It's a great thing. 
Yeah, yeah, and that's just awesome. And I'm just glad that, um, you know, when people do things like this, it gets the kind of attention because people would tell you that it wouldn't, you know? Mm -hmm. If you listen to people in mainstream media, they would say, no, there's no market for that, you know? And these are the kind of things you just have to do, know in your heart that it will have the kind of impact that it will and just let it rise. Well, Mike, I got to say this about you because I remember three, four years ago when, when I think it was, uh, what was it? Was it Kathy Hughes and the paper? It was something, man. And oh, you told yeah. me about, yeah, we talked about this three, four years ago, man. And yeah. you're still doing your thing, man. It's, it, yeah. it's again a market, man. And you're doing, a, you're doing a great work yourself, man. Well, thank you, thank you. Yeah, this was talking about um, Proposition 848, I think. That's what and, it was, yeah. That's yeah. What, yeah, and it yeah. just so happened that day, <laughs> I had just done a show on Friday, and then I'm at church, and I go and sit down, and I noticed, you know, there's some security around, and I see some VIPs. Now, I sat right behind Congressman Conyers. <laughs> I said, what? This is crazy. I can't believe that. So, and I, of course, got a chance to speak with him afterwards and take some pictures with him, you know, after church as well. So, yeah, so it's just, you know, amazing things do happen. That's all I can say. And and just tell us a little bit about your background, too, because you were a writer for the Afro-American. Um, you've held a number of different notable positions, and um, I would have built all of this into an intro for you, but um, just tell us a little bit about your background. Hello, Reggie? Oh, I lost Reggie. Okay. We'll wait for Reggie to call back in. I'm sure he'll be back in soon. And um, I just happened to lose two calls at the same time, so it must be something with the switchboard. So what I'm going to do is we'll take a quick break, and we'll come right back after this. And um, hopefully we can figure out what happened to these guys. Um, Donna, if you can hear me, um, please go ahead and give them a call back if um, you can, because they may not realize that they're off air. Hi, I'm Michael Fordham, host of A Measure of Truth on blogtalkradio.com. And I want to take a moment to talk to you about a heinous crime against humanity that plagues our nation. And yes, believe it or not, communities just like yours. Here's something you can do today to lend your support in the fight against human trafficking, also known as modern slavery. For example, Tanya was only 11 when she was forced to use her body for her own survival and the perverse desires of others. Now 18, Tanya knows no other life. She can't even remember when she was able to choose how she wanted to dress. Tanya dreams of being a teacher one day, and with the help of Bridge to Freedom programs and your support, they can empower her and others like her to move from surviving to thriving. You can make a huge difference in the life of a survivor this year through your support and donations to Bridge to Freedom Foundation. Bridge to Freedom is a nonprofit organization that provides aid to survivors of slavery who now live in the U.S., such as former child soldiers and victims of sex trafficking and forced labor. The cornerstone of Bridge to Freedom's work is personal and professional development to help survivors adapt and thrive in their new lives and communities and find work to support themselves. The Bridge to Freedom Foundation needs your support to help people just like Tanya. 
They need your urgent action to ensure that they can continue to provide clothing and health and beauty services to these survivors. These are not only important for rebuilding self-esteem, but are crucial to finding employment. They're also in great need of storage containers and clothing racks to organize and store donations. While donations of needed items are vital, one sure thing that will help to stop the spread of this injustice and prevent it from thriving undetected is educating yourselves about human trafficking or slavery and knowing the signs and the proper authorities to contact if you become aware of a victim in crisis. Find out more at BridgeToFreedomFoundation.org or if you have a reason to suspect that someone may be a victim of human trafficking, please call the National Human Trafficking Resource Center hotline on 1-888-373-7888. Multilingual call specialists are on standby 24 hours a day, 7 days a week. All calls are confidential. All right. Welcome back, Truth Seekers. We're online and we're talking with Reggie Williams. And um, we just had a little minor technical difficulty, but um, we're back and everybody's back online. Reggie, are you still with us? I'm still here. Oh, okay. Great, great. And um, I guess we may have gotten cut off in mid-sentence. But, yeah, um, I think the first time we had a conversation about the show is uh, we were talking about – the proposition HR 848 and Congressman Conyers, and we just finished that story. And um, but you have also have a background in a number of different things as well, and I think that's what we were trying to cover. Right. Tell us a little bit about some of those um, things you've done, starting with the Afro American. Well, actually, uh, prior to the Afro American newspaper, I actually wrote. Uh, I was a freelance writer, a music business writer, so I wrote about the business of music, you know, how contracts are formulated in the music business, how points are created, things of that nature. And um, upon my move into D.C., I was trying to be a free, I had never heard of this paper called The Afro, and I was attempting to do some freelance work for them, but they were so impressed with my with my uh, my clips that they offered me a job, and I became a staff writer, and quickly I became the entertainment editor, and from the entertainment editor I became... Uh, uh, the editor of the entire newspaper. Um, uh, again, prior to the Afro, I'd written, you know, for Vibe. I did some work for Vibe. I've done some work for BET.com. Mm-hmm. Uh, I became the managing editor for Gospel Today magazine. I've had some pieces in the Washington Post, L.A. Times, L.A. Sentinel. So I, I just kind of, again, it wasn't something that was planned. It just kind of happened. Hey, my degree is in, 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 in business administration. You know, my concentration was management. So I'd never even taken a journalism class, man, but it was just something that kind of happened. I, I have a lot of Damascus, Damascus Road experiences, man. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Well, that, that sort of brings us to your blog. And, um, you know, I mean, I'm sure you must take a, a lot of flack with this. Your Twitter is rule your wife. <laughs> at twitter.com and tell us a little bit about that because you know people up to this point would never thought <laughs> uh it was interesting man you know before I, i've been i used to say i've been in church all my life but i realized one day that i hadn't been in church all my life i'd been around church so there was mm-hmm. a lot of things i didn't know mm-hmm. and uh i had always heard men say well the bible says rule your wife and mm-hmm. even as uh, someone who had no idea what that meant, it never set well with me. It's like that doesn't that doesn't sound like a God that 
that would be the God that they say the God is, that he would allow somebody to rule someone else. So I didn't know a lot about it. and um, But then I came to Mount Zion, and I began to do studying and things of that nature. And one day, BET, I started this new show, and I can't remember what it was, but it was a show that had, it was a show for black men where they could have a conversation. And um, the very first show was something like, kicking and screaming down the aisle and was talking about men's reluctance to be married, black men's reluctance to be married. Mm-hmm. And this one guy on there was like, you know, he's not, he, he's telling you he, he has no Christian values or anything of that nature. He's telling you this, but he's telling you that the Bible says, rule your wife, you know, and in my house, I rule my wife. And so that day I wrote an article, I wrote an editorial on this whole concept about ruling your wife and gave the proper definition for it. Nice and thing. basically, you know, the, the the proper definition as as a husband is my job to protect my wife. It's my job to die for my wife. It's, it's my job to sacrifice for my wife. And that's how I rule my wife. Not mm-hmm. by being not by being a, a, a lording over her. You know, when you mm-hmm. look at Jesus and say, love your wife as Christ so loved the church and he gave his life, you know, if you're using that as a blueprint, you know, Jesus and Lazarus, he raised a dead situation. So sometimes when I'm dealing with my wife, I've got to raise a dead situation. You know, mm-hmm. the woman yeah. had the, you know, for 12 years, she had the issue with the blood. So when you have a sick situation, sometimes you got to do something to bring some healing to that situation. Mm-hmm. And I offer myself up as a sacrifice for mm-hmm. that. And so if I submit myself to my wife and her well-being, then her, my wife will have no issue submitting herself to me. So this is not about lording over my wife. It's about giving the proper definition because God would never have no one rule over anyone else. Tell it. Man. <laughs> 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 so 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 I do get a lot of flack. You know, a lot of people read the a lot of people read the title and and their and their first thing is to be very angry. I've I've gotten some very nasty I've gotten some very nasty emails, some very nasty comments, but the funny thing is that each of those comments were for people who never read the blog. But for women who read the blog, they mm-hmm. would hit me back and say, "Man, what you're saying is so on point." Yeah. Wow. That is awesome. You know, I'm already thinking we got to have you on some more, man. <laughs> and, and with your background in music and all of that, I do another show too on Fridays for independent music artists called Turn It Up, and um, you know that's one of the things they need to know. And part of it is it's not just featuring their music; it's teaching them a little bit about um, the industry as well, and you know, giving them something that would help them to move forward in their careers because it is a tough industry. So it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. we'll have to talk about that as well, and. Um, yeah, this has been a phenomenal discussion already, man. <laughs> Appreciate you having me. <laughs> yeah, and I want you to go ahead and, um, you know, you mentioned your blog. I want to make sure everybody has all the information. You've got um, your Facebook, so just give everybody everything as far as how to connect with you. Okay, my blog, and, and, and I hate to say this, Mike, you know, because mm-hmm. I tell people who write blogs, you got to be consistent. I have been inconsistent since Christmas because I've had some proposals that have kicked me in the butt. But my blog is ruleyourwife316.com okay my twitter is basically the same thing twitter at rule your it's at rule your wife it doesn't have the 316 so the blog is ruleyourwife316.com the twitter is rule your wife and uh, my company is Marriage Nectar, which I founded with my wife my wife is really the brain trust behind that as well and it's Marriage Nectar 
My wife's name is Peachy. That is her real name. So we figured that we would play on words, nectar being sweet and, uh. and healthy. <laughs> so we came up with Marriage Nectar. So our okay. company is Marriage Nectar. And the uh, the website is uh, www.marriagenectar. That's N-E-C-T-A-R.com. I hope I did that right. <laughs> okay. And, In uh, and you guys have a Facebook as well. Uh yeah, we have a Facebook and you know what? It's actually Marriage Nectar. Yeah, Marriage yeah, Nectar. Yeah, yeah. I, I did find yeah. that earlier. Wow. Yeah, yeah, wow. Marriage. Well, well, you know, we're going to transition, but Reggie, I want you to hang in there cuz um now we're going to talk with um Priscilla Lenore Miles of Crystal Clear Ministries. Welcome to A Measure of Truth, Priscilla. Well, thank you. Thank you so much for having me. And you're talking about a phenomenal discussion. I'm just excited to even be here with you phenomenal men of God. I'm enjoying this conversation. Oh, man, yeah, it's been something. And, you know, it's funny how all of this fell together. And we were talking about this a little bit right before the show because after this awesome um, talk that um, Reggie gave, um, leaving Mount Zion, I run into you, and you asked me if I had received an email and told me about your book, and about this poem. So tell us a little bit about your book, Man of God, We Need You. Yes, the title is Man of God, We Need You. It, as you can tell by the title, it's a plea. It's a plea to our men to help them to understand that the urgency of their leadership, the magnitude of their protection, and the desire for their love is truly needed uh, with the woman of God and amongst the families. Yeah, yeah. And you're going to actually um, read a poem live for us as well. Are you prepared for that? Oh, yes. I'm ready to recite the poem. And the poem, <laughs> is, called, <laughs> and the poem is called, I Need You, My Brother. Okay. My brother, please don't get me wrong, but I've hit that ceiling too many times. Don't hinder the work that God has for me, although I'll make it with God on my side. I need you to be there. We are as one, the way that God intended it to be. His power will prevail as we work together right here, right now, through life, eternity. Don't listen to others who try to put me down. Seek and pray for God to reveal the truth. You are his son. I am his daughter. We are his family. He will see us through. So as I struggle through life barriers, Take my hand and show me that you care. I will always love you. You are my friend. Stand by me when others lurk and stare. God has placed us here to do a work, which is very much needed in the world today, to show the unity, male and female. We can do this as God paved the way. I need you, my brother. Wow. <laughs> my fingers are snapping. My fingers are snapping. <laughs> oh, man, that was awesome. Oh, well, thank you for that. And just tell us a little bit um, more about what got you into writing, your blog, and all the things that you're doing, because you're a busy lady. <laughs> yes, I um, actually, back in 2002, God really put this ministry in my Heart Crystal Clear Ministries, and he started off with me working in God's divine order, uh, God, man, and then woman. And right now he wants me to address the men. And he wanted us, me to explain to them and show them that um, 
women need really need them and what we need is it's more than what we could ever explain or elaborate or interpret um it's something that we need you need, we need you in your our lives uh, we need you like Reggie was saying as our protector as our provider and take the sacrifice because we're worth the sacrifice um and uh, basically when and you had mentioned earlier that when you see men in the street with their children, that's what the passion came from for Crystal Clear Ministries. When I see young men in the streets with their children, the first thing I think in my life is, oh, my God, I'm so proud of you. I run up to them and let them know, oh, you, I'm so proud of you. God bless you, man. God bless you and your family. And it's not necessarily them with the woman, but it's them with their children. It's them with their family. It's them standing up tall and leading them. And that makes a big difference to us women. I, I know it doesn't seem like it sometimes the way that uh, the world or society try to make it think like we don't need a man, but be honest with you, we need you. And I wanted to make sure that you are aware that we need you, uh, There, if, especially those that are gifted to be married. Now, you can be gifted and be single and still need a man in your life, but I'm not saying in a way of a relationship, but just support. Someone that can hold our hands and tell us it's going to be all right. As you know, the Bible says we're a weaker vessel, so sometimes at times we get a little weak and we need your strength. And not just your physical strength, but your spiritual strength, your emotional strength. We we just need you, period. So and since then, God has just put that in my heart, and that's where the book came from, Man of God, We Need You. And uh, I didn't know I was going to end up writing so much, but as you can tell with my talking, I just got <laughs> so much to say. <laughs> and um, how can people um, find your book? How can they purchase it? Well, my website is crystalclearministries ccm.com. Let me spell that for you. Crystal, C-R-Y-S-T-A-L, clear, C-L-E-A-R, ministries, M-I-N-I-S-T-R-I-E-S, dash ccm.com. And you can see the uh, link for Infinity Publishing or Amazon.com. Oh, great, great. And um, tell us a little bit about the ministry itself. Um, you know, talk about its activities. How are you running your ministry? How what is your outreach like? Uh, my outreach is basically um, through writing, uh, poetry, and through advice. Um, when when to help and uplift people to know that they need to involve God in everything that they do. The Bible says, in all thy ways acknowledge him, and he will direct your path. And that's basically what the foundation of my ministry is. That's why I'm in school now, uh, getting my bachelor's in uh, psychology to later on follow in um, my master's in biblical counseling. Um, I need everyone to understand that you can make it every day in everyday life when you just involve God. All you have to do is plug him in. Once you plug him in and build up your relationship with him, you can do anything. And that's what my poems and my writing and my speaking engagements are basically about, is to involve God in everything that you do, no matter what it is. And to and hopefully, it's kind of emphatic. It's not as much as it's up spiritual. I'm pretty much... Um, 
don't sugarcoat. I pretty much tell you the truth, and that's what Crystal Clear Ministries is all about. I'm clear about the ministry that I am, and that's to help you and encourage you to know God. Wow, wow. Well, and are you working on another book? Yes, yes. Actually, I'm working on the, a book for our women, and it's called The Date. It's for the women of God to help them and encourage them to see where God wants us to be. It's called what again? The Date. The Date, meaning the date <laughs> as on the calendar, or the date meaning that um, person that you are going out with well, um, on that particular day. <laughs> and guess, and actually, it's a combination, mm-hmm. and it's in the perception of the reader. So the date actually, it, I had a, I done an inspiration called the date, and the mm-hmm. base I didn't really want to tell all about it, but it does help you to understand that when God places you in a position that you're gifted to be married, if you're gifted to be married, there are some prerequisites before you get married. There are some situations you have to be prepared for. A lot of women say, okay, God said this is the man for me. Okay, are you positioned for it? Are you ready for it? Because God doesn't give you a promise with a person. God gives you a promise with a position. You're not mm-hmm. promised to a person. You're promised to a position. And that's what the date is basically about. Mm-hmm. Well, elaborate on that. The position meaning what? Meaning that if God says that you're going to be married, that's the position. If God says that you're going to, and you're the position is that you're going to be married, there are some ways that things that you have to understand about marriage. You cannot marry a man and you're not ready to give up some uh, things that used to hold on to as an independent person. Yeah. You you have to share those things. Those mm-hmm. it's no longer my house. It's no longer my car. It's ours. It's no longer my money. It's ours. It's it's there are some prerequisites, but you've got to get your mind in 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 that position, and and that's why the Lord says, trust not in, not in, trust the Lord with all thine heart, and lean not to your own understanding. He has to be in the center of that relationship. If he's not in the center of that relationship, you're not ready to be uh, involved with anybody else. You're not ready to partner with anyone. You're not ready to be able to love someone because you can't even love yourself. And you love yourself by showing that you care enough to love God. Hmm. Wow. (laughs) Do I get too too much? (laughs) No, no, not at all. (laughs) Yeah. And um, so what what is some of the feedback you you get back from your blogs and from some of the things you send out? Michael, Michael, they basically, and um, I've been told many times, nobody want to hear that, sin. <laughs> oh, nobody want to hear about my sin. But you know what happens? They purchase uh-huh. the points. They purchase right. points because they, what they're saying is they don't want to hear it from you. But it's, it's okay for me to say it. Mm. So I looked at it like this. God told me, Priscilla, don't listen to that. Don't listen to that. I need you to stay focused and stay forward. And so many people have come to me and said, I, I come to you because I know you're going to tell me the truth. Hmm. I come to you because I know you're not going to sugarcoat it. I come to you because I know you have a real connection. Hmm. And I wanted them to realize that it's not just me. You have that connection also. 
I just need to help you to know how to connect it. <laughs> and right. that is to let go of yourself and hold on to God. Absolutely. God's unchanging hand. Wow. <laughs> well, I'm sure the, the, the feminist must have a field day with you. <laughs> the, the what? The feminist out there. Oh, are you kidding me? Uh, I have... I have more problems with the women. But you know what? After, it's like it's like um, uh, castor oil. It, 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 it's, it's nasty when it goes in, but it certainly settles the stomach. It hmm. takes a minute for them to mull over what was said. But right. once they receive it, it's mm-hmm. like deliverance itself. It hmm. helps them to see, mine, I, I, she's right. And then, and I, I really needed that. I, I didn't want to face that. I didn't want to 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 deal with the reality of that. And I, I guess God has that gift in me for me to be straight up to the point. But in love, you have to share the truth in love. The truth will make you free. But you have to do it in love. And I pray that I am coming through with a passion of concern and love in my um, voice, in my heart. And I just wanted to make one thing clear. The um, Man of God, We Need You, is is it a book of poems, or are there just some poems in there along with? Oh, no, no, no. The Man of God, We Need You is a, a plea to our men. Mm-hmm. It's it's actually a book. Um, most people would suggest that those that know God should read the book, those that are interested in enhancing their relationship with their Heavenly Father should read the book. Women are reading it because they want to know what is being said to the man. And what I'm understanding is women are purchasing it for their man. But when I, the the feedback I'm getting from men is, um, uh, I had no idea that a woman was feeling this way. Well, I had no idea that I was looked upon in this manner, that they need us more than this world and society is trying to make us think they don't need us. Wow. And so that's what the book is mainly about, is to share with them that we need them. We need them now. Don't mm-hmm. don't hesitate. We're women in waiting. Wow. You know, uh, I, I just want to... My my the wheels are turning in my head, you know, and um, you know I've been working on this show on relationships for quite some time, and somebody else has a, a show with the same title, but as far as I know, I came up with it first. But anyway, <laughs> and, and, and it's a show. It's it's a show not just for Christians, but you know you can only stand uh, on your um platform and reach others, so you know the word has to come out of it somehow, but um. It's a show that talks about relationships because for the singles out there and just for people in general, there are a lot of things that are not being discussed that is real life that I think need to be discussed. And I would love to invite you both um, for an episode of this show. It will be called He Said, She Said. Mm. It will, yeah, it will deal with a lot of the misconceptions about the way men and women communicate and understand one another and um, how we misconstrue um, emotions and words that are spoken because of the time that they're spoken and the way that they're spoken without receiving the message that's hidden in the plain truth. So, um, yeah, so I I want to be able to do that. And I'm actually, 
the concept that I have in my head and in my mind that I want to do some of the shows um, the way we're doing this show now with people calling in, but then I want to bring that out to a venue. And um, I've been thinking about doing this at maybe a, a Busboys and Poets or something like that to be able to get people involved and in interacting via Twitter and Facebook on their their mobile devices and um, you know being able to talk to people directly um, by interviewing and um, passing the mic as well. So. And um, some of the, the subjects that I already have in my head that I want to tackle and discuss, um, I want it to be um, something that the public will hear, not necessarily Christians, but they will always see how the way the Christian viewpoint and the way we handle those things are a little bit different and maybe a little bit more stable than yes. the way wow. in their approach would be. You know? Yeah. And that's something that I've tried to stay focused on for all of my shows. I don't want to just segment a group of people and make a show just for a group because what we do, how we live, our love for one another, our fellowship, that has to reach the masses. We have to really share this with everybody and help them to understand. Because, you know, I'll tell you something. Mount Zion is it for me. I've never belonged to any other church. And when I walked through that door, I'm telling you, I had my critical hat on. And I was ready to take apart everything that was said. And all I did was learn. And and I was so well fed that I had to keep coming back. And um, We have an awesome leader. You do. Absolutely. Um, and Pastor Smith, we sure do. So I'm just looking at um, other ways, too, to continue to broaden um, the way uh, this radio show reaches folks. And, you know, even this show, I mean, I've got people listening all over the world in um, the U.K. and Germany as far as way as Fiji. Um, so wow. it, it's just interesting for them to awesome. have um, a peek into our, our culture um, the African-American experience, um, and just others, because my show isn't always based just around African-Americans, but it's always based around subject matters that impact um, everyone, and just from our point of view, because really I have no other base to stand on, you know. But um, that's yeah, well, just you, it. You standing you stand on a pretty strong base. I, I yeah. Would, I, I, would, I would agree. <laughs> but um, I, I just want to thank you guys once again And um, I, I really, really appreciate you taking time out Especially on such short notice And um, I got to tell you This was a phenomenal show for it Falling together the way it did And um, you you guys were just amazing in, in your content And um, I'm just really pleased And I'll be happy to um, have you guys on again And um, if you ever um or you know want to call into the show if you hear something that that burns your ears and you just need to call in save that number and call in anytime and send me a text on facebook and we'll be sure to get you on to the respond to whatever we'll do i'll do i'll do no yeah absolutely no <laughs> i'm just thank i'm just thankful that you had me give an opportunity to represent the women that I uh, do want to say that we are very pleased and happy to have the men in our lives. We're very happy to have you. And thank you, Michael, for allowing me to 
to be on the show. And uh, once again, Reggie, it's always good to hear from you. Miss Priscilla, it's good to hear. And I appreciate your 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 coming up. Both of you and Mike came over to me yesterday, and I truly appreciate that. I'm telling you, you guys just have me on the cloud. <laughs> well, yeah, you, you really fired us up, man, and um, you know that 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 was well worth it. And you know the, the pastor, um, he gets a feeling sometimes, and he just knows what to do at the right time. And I, I can't even, <laughs> I can't yeah. tell you how many times he's pushed me in the right direction, and things went well. So <laughs> we we, ha- we have to be obedient to our spiritual father. We really do, man. Yeah, absolutely. Yes. yes. Absolutely. And we're being led correctly, and I love it. And um, I can tell that by the way, uh, the content of your your men, the men uh, conversation, Michael and both Reggie, how you all are speaking and representing the brotherhood. It's just an awesome, awesome uh, thing to uh, witness, and I appreciate that. Thank you. Okay, well, we are running out of time, so <laughs> thank you very much. And um, you've been listening to A Measure of Truth on blogtalkradio.com. And special thanks to our producer, Donna Hardiman. And um, I'm Michael Fordham, and you've been listening to A Measure of Truth. But before you go, here's a little something to take with you. Ask God for wisdom daily, but know that your lesson can come from anybody or any situation, good or bad, friend or foe. Watch your thoughts. They become words. And watch your words. They become actions. And watch your actions. They become habits. And watch your habits. They become your character. And watch your character. It becomes your destiny. Until we meet again. Take care of what becomes of you.